This is K-Pop Sunday brought to you by the K-Pop Sunbates before you have to go back to work on Monday. We are your hosts, Old R, Min, and JR. Welcome to the final episode of Season 2, also known as Season 2, Episode 15, also known as Episode 44, <laughs> for those of you keeping count. So, as per has become tradition now, we're going to talk about some of our personal favorite things that has been released this year, which was 2021. And we're also going to be talking about some updates to our personal collections, some updates to the predictions we had last year, maybe get into some predictions for the future or resolutions we personally have for the future. So let's just begin, shall we? Let's start off with some releases, musical releases that we liked this year. And I'm gonna start us off with probably the most obvious one for me, which is Spicy. But not only CL Spicy, even though CL Spicy and the Spicy Remix are absolutely wonderful and it's pretty much the perfect pre-release for an album you can think of, at least in my opinion. <laughs> we also have Spicy by Nada, the former What's Up rapper, which is also a really good song. And it got very overlooked, but I liked it quite a lot. Unsurprisingly, Jung Sehun is at the top of my list, as he was last year. Partially because his song, In the Dark, and the album, 24 Part 2, was just, they're both incredible. I think he has a lot of really strong songs on the album. And the title track, it was a nice step in a different direction for him. I think. A slightly different direction, as far as title tracks go, anyway. But it also came out at the very beginning of January, so I thought it would be fitting to put it at the top of my list. And the song, In the Dark, it's exactly my vibe. It's super chill, and his voice is really fitting for this style of music, which I saw described as melancholy pop rock, which I love me some pop rock. But he was my number one artist on Spotify. Again, that's two years in a row. And the rest of this album was really good as well, as I mentioned. A lot of great B-sides. So I'm just really excited to see what 2022 brings for him because he did have some OSDs. I think he was on Yuhiyo's sketchbook, so he did release some stuff from there. But otherwise, this was his only, like, official release this year, so... Yeah, I liked this song too when I heard right? it. I remember hearing it and I liked it immediately. And so then I put in the chat and you were like, why are you saying you just discovered him now? I've been yes. talking about him for a long time. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> you were so annoyed with me <laughs> for acting like I discovered him. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't pay attention. I got you. So my song of the year is Gemini's Know Me. This is a very chill song and I've been listening to it constantly this year. Whenever I'm between working on something or studying, I am listening to this song only. It feels like it can go on forever and apparently I'm not the only one who thinks this because somebody uploaded an hour long version of it. It's just very chill and it's in English, but it's just, it's very easy to just listen to forever like that's the only way i could think of to describe it interesting yeah i didn't know who this guy was before but it's like now this song got me to listening to his other stuff but it's like this is still like my favorite mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and this also came out early in the year yeah so if you just want something to have on in the background this is a good background song to just like listen to all the time if you don't want to have just silence this is a good one min what's your next pick so the second release i want to talk about is only one of libido the whole song of the year it's so good the dance great music video great live stage performances where 
There's a lot of backless outfits. There's a lot of... Yes. It's it's a lot, and I'm here for it, and I wish more male groups would go in this direction, because it's oh so fun. And I do believe that this song is their first song to reach number one on a music chart. I think it was the Panto charts, of mm-hmm. which they actually got a number one on. I don't think they've gotten a music show win yet. But I don't actually know a lot about only one of, but this was the song that I was like, oh, I am very intrigued. (laughs) So good. Such a vibe. Good fun times. So my next song is After School by Weekly, and this was everywhere. I am assuming on TikTok. I don't have a TikTok. I just use reels. But my reels were full of this song, people doing covers and stuff like that. And that really encouraged me to watch the music video. And I'm so glad I did because, in my opinion, it is one of the catchiest songs that came out this year. And the dance is super cute. And like I said, it had a lot of fun covers. The choreography specifically for the chorus, I think, was really perfect for that type of thing. So that was smart on their part. But it was really weird because it felt like a summer song, but it came out in March. I'd never understand why companies do that. But it didn't really matter in the long run because I definitely saw it pushed over into the summer. So yeah, really just cute, bubbly, upbeat track. Highly recommend. It will get stuck in your head for days. So probably not around this time of year. Oh, well, I guess by the time this comes out, finals will be over. But if it were to come out right now, I would tell you do not listen to it till after your tests. <laughs> so on this list, it's not just songs that came out this year. It's also songs that we heard this year that we enjoyed. Mm-hmm. And one that I really want to talk about is from back in 1998. It's Eagle 5's debut song, Squid Alien. <laughs> And I am in love with it. So I've had this song in my music library for over a year, but I had never seen the performances or the music video until a few months ago. And I am just in love with it. Even like the live performances are just incredible. So the basic song is about like Squid Alien, you know, finding love basically. But the music video has like the members in costumes. There's an octopus. <laughs> there's a squid. Like there's just a bunch of these characters. And there's a romance line and they're on the moon somehow. And it looks like it was made in somebody's garage. Oh, that's awesome. But it is just incredible. It is so bizarre. And I sent it to one of my friends in Korea who like, she listened to K-pop. She was a first gen person in Korea at the time. And she had never seen the music video for this. And she was like, how did you find this? <laughs> The other thing I love about this, it's just bizarre. The more stuff that I find out about it, the weirder it is. Like, there's one live performance where there's two people that are dressed up as squid. And at one point, one of them just leaves the stage. Not even before the end. Just like, I'm done. And just, like, wanders off. There's also a time when they have to go on the ground. And you can audibly hear one of them say, ow. (laughs) Because a lot of first-gen vocals were not live on shows because their dancing was so intense and just kind of, you wouldn't be able to sing with it. Mm Mm-hmm. But there's one part, though, that they do live, and then that's when you can hear the ow, and it's just so funny, because it's very audible. It's just, the story just gets weirder and weirder. There's also, like, one member who was 13 when he debuted, but, like, his vocals kind of fit for the song with being weird. And also, I read something that apparently they were competitors with Shinhua when they first debuted, but they only released two albums. And then get this, some of the members then ended up in SM, and they debuted in Blackbeat, and one of them is still a choreographer. Wow. But then that makes me angry, because they're such a talented group how dare you put them in a group that failed so miserably (laughs) 
Like, it was, like, in that era where everyone was doing bad. Mm-hmm. I'm just so offended because they deserve better. So, yes, please, if you want to laugh, go listen to Eagle Five Squid Alien from 1998. It is bizarre. <laughs> the song that has been stuck in my head the absolute most this year has definitely been Stacy's ASAP. It's just so catchy, and the dance is so catchy, and it's so cute. There was a period of like a month and a half where my Instagram was just filled with ASAP covers, and I wasn't mad about it, <laughs> even though it was a lot. <laughs> and Stacy debuted last year, I believe. I believe we talked about them then, and it's been really interesting to see how their music is evolving. They're an interesting group to keep an eye out, even if they're still very, very young. <laughs> As a group. Yeah, they seem to be doing really well for themselves this year. I've seen them everywhere. So that's always fun with new groups. Especially ones from smaller companies. As many of you know, we had a deep dive on IU's career this past season, and I was the researcher for it. So whenever we do deep dives, we try our best to go into the discography as well as all the news that surrounded it and just kind of go a little bit outside the timeline and talk about the music as well. So... I use music has been on repeat for me ever since then. And I mentioned specific songs in that episode, so I won't talk about any pointed songs right now because of that. But I am officially a Yuena. I love everything she does. So 2021 was supposed to be a big deal for HOT because like it was their 25th anniversary, but everything that could possibly go wrong went wrong this year, which was really annoying. Even though like SM just did like a terrible job from beginning to end, Kankta's music was great this year. I will say compared to his past releases, he really put in the effort. So what was really surprising was that he went not for his typical ballads, which he's been doing over the last few years. He went into jazz, which he'd been kind of playing with over a decade or so before but this though was something new so my favorite one from that though was freezing that's the one where like i find myself putting it on like when i'm in the car or if i'm just you know with somebody it's like okay i need music that's typically the song i've been going to which is really weird because i don't usually think about Kongta for his music i just think about him for just his shenanigans but i feel like him going into jazz really influenced how sm was handling hot because they got in trouble for people wanting to do covers from like junior artists and that mm-hmm. was the whole thing but instead though we got this jazz cover which was actually really impressive it's like how dare you make hot look sophisticated but what i really liked from that though was that they were displaying the music video for the promise of hot on like a building it looked like something that if like you were to go out in summer and like go watch like a movie outside on like a lawn or something that would be like your experience so i thought that was really cool and i hope that they do that again for something else they probably won't but yeah, it was really interesting. Kongta was really cold this year. He had so many releases that were about like him being cold. <laughs> His first song he released this year was Cough Syrup. <laughs> so he was sick and then he was freezing. <laughs> but then he had Christmas in July. So that's part of the problem. And then he finished it up with Maybe. <laughs> And there's supposed to be one other song he's supposed to release this year, but since SM has been pushing back his releases a month after they claim that there will be a release, I do not expect this one to be till 2022. 
I just doubt SM at this point. Mm-hmm. They've been really bad. I've noticed this with Kongta and I'm going to pay attention to this with Boa too because I doubt they'll do this to her, but who knows. <laughs> but they have been announcing his music releases within mm-hmm. days of it being released. Like there's no like build up, nothing. They also did not release any merchandise this year. You could just get like the singles. Like I know Kongta is on this thing where he's just being low key in his career musically to where he's like, I just want to sit in a room and sing. That's all I want to do. It's like, okay, that's cool. But for the amount of money that went into stuff, like the music video for Free to Fly and stuff, it's like, SM will never make their money back. (laughs) SM lost a couple million dollars at least this year on Concta alone. And they didn't do any way to sort of profit from it. They missed so many opportunities this year. They really mismanaged it, like really badly. On the bright side, though, we got good music. He picked a theme and stuck with it. He really went with, I'm freezing and I'm sick. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that was his memo for the year. His music has been depressing this year. Yeah, that's really sad. <laughs> really nice, but you okay, Kankta? So Min, what's your last pick? So, my last release that I wanted to talk about is one of the very few releases of this year that I've been like, I really want this as a physical album. And the release is DRP Ian's Mood Swings and Disorder. This is his first somewhat full-length EP he has released a couple of singles before this, I believe. But what first got my attention was the music videos, because he has released multiple music videos for this EP throughout the year. And his art style, or his creative vision, is just so interesting to me. I really like editing videos, and it's one of the things that I enjoy seeing. And the way his music videos are edited, the effects, the lighting, the color choices... All of it, it's just so wonderful, and it's the stuff that I wish I could know how to make. And then when the EP actually dropped, it was the first like album that I actually listened through this year from beginning to end, because I am terrible at listening <laughs> to full releases. I am very good at just skimming releases and being like, yeah, I know this song, I will just skip it. <laughs> This is the reason why I don't really do in-depth music research for our things, because my attention span is just not here for that. (laughs) But yeah, I actually sat down and listened to this full entire album, and this thing has been going on repeat for me since it was released. And it was released pretty early in this year, and I'm still not tired of it. And I still love pretty much every single song on the CP. So I'm very excited to see what more he releases in the future. Hopefully he will release more. My favorite songs would probably be Scaredy Cat and Nerves. Both of them have music videos. And the physical copy of the album, that album packaging is really, really interesting. I don't have it yet. There is maybe a small chance that I will be able to get it, but it got sold out very fast Mm -hmm. on retailers that would sell to my part of the world. And also it got sold out really fast in retailers that would not sell to my part of the world. (laughs) I've been struggling trying to find this album, but I might actually be able to get it early next year, I believe. Maybe. (laughs) But the packaging for the versions of the album is really interesting. I think parts of it is heat sensitive and it also features a mirror that is broken. That's cool. Which sounds kind of weird but with the whole art style of the music videos it kind of makes sense and also the CD itself looks like an eye, like an iris for an eye, which is also very interesting because in a lot of the music videos eyes are featured quite a bit and also the loss of an eye. Ian in the music video usually just has one functioning eye and one that is either blacked out, bloody, or not there. Very interesting. It's an interesting thing to watch. Yes. (laughs) 
I am fairly certain I have mentioned this before, but I've been waiting for a Dio solo for a very long time. He has one of my favorite voices in K-pop, and he finally had his solo debut this year, and he released an EP called Empathy, and it did not disappoint me at all. But the song that specifically stood out to me was I'm Gonna Love You, which featured the rapper Wanstein, but it's super chill, the lyrics are really great, and it just fit their voices so well. Songs like this make me wish that people collab more than once, and you don't really see that too often which is unfortunate but i do hope that they do more collaborations in the future but this one i had on repeat constantly i love it so much it is definitely one that i'm going to be listening to for many years from now my next one and flying they have been i was gonna say demoted but that doesn't really work because groups come to a point where they don't release multiple things every year and end flying has been at that point for a little bit now so man on the moon they did have a repackage of Man on the Moon, but that's besides the point. Man on the Moon was what they released this year. It was a full album, and personally, I think it was one of their best yet. I saw some people, there were a couple songs that they didn't like overall, and I was like, why? Old R and I had actually talked about doing a single scoop on the album, but it was during the time when, like, the Jackie's episode was coming out, and we were just working on too many things, and we didn't have time to do it. So I think we should still do the single scoop, if you're up for that at some point. But yeah, the title track was awesome. The B-sides are fantastic. And if you did not get a chance to listen to it this year, I think you should. Yeah, we need to do that. We have quite a few that we Mm -hmm. need to record that we've been very lazy about. (laughs) Not lazy, we just don't have time with everything else. That too, the amount of times when we're like, we're gonna go do something and then we have to do something (laughs) else instead. (laughs) We've been derailed so much. This year has been the year of derailed <laughs> projects. We had so much planned and we're like, oh, this won't be too bad. We're only doing stuff six months of this year. It won't be that hard. Mm-hmm. We were very, very naive people at the beginning of the year. So for my last picks, I'm just going to talk about episodes that I worked on that I really liked music from. So this year, I mainly did the script for the Jackie's episodes, Seven and Baby Vox. So from Baby Vox, some songs I really liked were ASAP. That's a B-side that I just enjoy. It's just very nice. I also liked Betrayal and Killer. I'd listened to Baby Vox for like a number of years. So that's why Coincidence isn't on here because I've been listening to it for like 10 years. So why would I bring that up? But those were the three that I not heard before that I really enjoyed. From Seven, even though like I watched him since debut, I did not keep up with his Japanese stuff, (laughs) which is unfortunate because he's one of those few where like he not only went to Japan, he released stuff, he released good stuff and he can actually speak the language and he wanted to write his own songs. But my favorite was Chiriboshi which I think I've heard before, but I don't think I realized it was him. Because when he released it, I was studying Japanese. So it's possible that I did hear it and I just didn't realize it was him. And then the final one I want to talk about is Jackie's because they only had one release this year. And then, of course, everything got derailed with their promotions because two members got married and then one was a very naughty boy and posted something he shouldn't have. And so he's in the great beyond. But two songs I really liked from them that I'd not heard before. This is going to be shocking. But Road Fighter? What? I never heard before. And the other one, yeah, I hadn't heard I'm Road shocked. Fighter before. Yeah. Because like I'm a longtime fan of Pom Saint Pom Sa and obviously Couple and Couple. Comeback. Comeback was the first song I heard of theirs that I liked, but I never heard Road Fighter before, which is just weird. The other song I really liked is Armageddon, 
which was from their reunion concert. That was like an incredible entrance. When you see them just coming down from the ceiling and then they just immediately go into the updated version Mm -hmm. of School Anthem. It is really impressive. Like it shows like the true power of YG (laughs) when they want to go do promotions and concerts. It's like, woo, this is this is like if you're going to update a first gen group's discography and have performances, that is like textbook how you should do it. I feel like. Mm -hmm. Did not know those songs before any of those songs, but I'm a big fan of them now. Good stuff. Now that we talked about music releases, let's move on to the section of the episode of which I will say nothing because I don't follow dramas <laughs> and TV shows of the like. So please, JR, take it away. Okay, so I'm going to plug my own work here, which is just a single scoop that was released <laughs> at the beginning of December, and that is the K-drama Beyond Evil, and I won't go into it here because I talked a lot about it there, but it is one of the best K-dramas ever, writing-wise, casting-wise, everything, and the ending was actually good. That is my biggest thing. I've said this so many times, but if the end of a K-drama is bad, it kind of messes up the whole show for me, so watch it. But I should give a warning, it is graphic. Not squid game graphic, but it's still pretty graphic. So keep that in mind. Do they have like the sensors over? Yes, there is. You know, a lot of K-dramas, if you have seen them, if you haven't seen them, they will blur over certain things. Like not just knives, but over some gore. But you can still see it. The blur isn't that intense, but it's not throughout the whole thing. So I still recommend it. So the first drama I watched this year came out last year and it was Color Rush and I liked it because it took the soulmates and colorblindness thing, that trope, it took that and it went, okay, but let's try to make it more realistic. For it being, at least I thought it was a really small production, I felt like they did a lot of good work and like where they put the budget was really well thought out. And also I went and watched this with JR again because I couldn't remember it. I just remembered (laughs) that I liked it. And the thing that I didn't know is the first time was the color schemes and how much the production team the stylist and everything paid attention to which colors the characters were wearing and or like when certain colors would show up so it is very impressive that i thought for just how much work went into this small thing which i assume i have a a really Mm. small budget but i'm also surprised but excited it is going to get a season two isn't it based on a manga i think so i think i saw that somewhere but hyuk from vix is going to be in it one of the guys didn't return but one of the guys is gonna stay so i have no idea where they're going with the plot but i really like this first season so i hope next season will be even better so the next one I want to mention, old R and I, we were supposed to have these like writing sessions weekly and it turned into just, we watch K-dramas. That's all it is now. <laughs> so one of the ones we watched this year was a drama from 2006 called My Lovely Samsung. There's a song by Plaza Kai that might be the wrong pronunciation. Apologies to all the fans out there. But so a lot of people know the song from it, but you might not know the show because it's pretty old at this point. But I just wanted to point this one out specifically because we'll probably do a single scoop on this as well. A lot of single scoops are coming, folks. We're gonna have a lot of episodes. (laughs) I will say that there is a charm to old K-dramas, and this one has a ton of it. And it was just a really nice break from all the new ones that I saw this year. I think it's fun to kind of insert old K-dramas into ones that came out within the past five years or so. Just to give, you know, a little palette refresher, I guess you could say. I'm very happy that JR liked it because this was one of my favorites and I was really worried she wouldn't like it. 
Another one that I watched this year that was from 2016 was Cinderella and Her Four Nights. This is such a big deal to me because I have been starting and stopping this drama so many times since it first came out because I like the premise. I'm like, oh, I'm going to watch it. I would always only get like six episodes in and then I would abandon it. Or like there was one time when drama fever was a thing and I was in the middle of watching it and it went Mm. down. (laughs) So I never got to finish it. So this year I was determined to finish it. I finally did it. It has no sub substance and also there are certain characters who have very concerning parallels to their real lives um (laughs) with news that came out this year but i finally finished it so another one that i watched this year that's been on my need to watch list was reply 1997 from 2012 so i'd been avoiding it for a while because usually when people speak on first gen they're not very good at it and this kind of fed into it like i was assured by someone who i respect in the first gen community that oh it's fun if you're a fan of HRT and Jackie's but I didn't find a lot of the humor funny <laughs> I didn't I didn't find a lot of like the gags that they made funny I just the thing that annoyed me was that there were certain gags that were based on wrong information and I was like okay I get where you can make this as a joke but it would have been funnier if you got it right because the circumstances were way funnier than what you wrote it as but I definitely felt like it was overhyped The thing that got me was that, first of all, the research on this was garbage, in my opinion. There were a lot of props that were not from the time periods that were discussed. Like, there was one where it's supposed to be in June of 1997, and they have posters of HOT from 2000. There's also one or two events that came like a year or two after 1997, and they got that mixed up. The worst part, though, was something that JR pointed out to me, which I would have let it go if you hadn't pointed it out to me, is that they have this trope where it's like, oh, who's she going to end up with? This guy or this guy? But it's a (laughs) K-drama. You know who the leading guy is. You know who she's going to end up with. So because JR pointed that out to me, that's like a trope that they do throughout these reply series, that annoyed me because the way that it came off was like they didn't know their own genre. It's like they were trying to be like, ooh, we're going to be sneaky, but it's like everyone knows. It just came up. I will stupid. say this that 97 of the three installations of this show, 97 is the most obvious as to which one she ends up with. Just from like all of it, from beginning to end, it's very obvious who she's going to end up with. But the other two, I think, do a better job of making you guess. Yeah, but you know who she's going to end up with because who going down the I know, cast list? I know. You can pick I it know. out. This one, there's a lot of reasons that stupid. 97 is loved. Okay, and I will say that your comment about them mixing up years, I think they simply put it in 1997 and they just had to put things in where, you know, I, I otherwise I agree, like the fact that they're getting things wrong. But I truly think it's because they were like, well, we're in 1997, but we have a lot of things that happened in the 90s and we want to put them all together. That's all I'll say. <laughs> yeah, but uh. There was just, I I would understand if they they would smash things down, but there was also like kind of a dismissive attitude. Like there was one scene where the girls were like, ooh, look at all these HOT members. And they literally mentioned something great about every single HOT member except Jaywon. Like they just went and and like they just flipped the page. Like all four members, they did this big diatribes and then they just like went off away from Jaywon. It's like, excuse you. Basically, he was back from the military and like actively promoting and they just like no mention of him. I just found that to be personally just very rude. Like if they'd done it only with like Kijun and Tony, I would have been fine. But just uh, every single member, they go into detail and then they just don't mention J1 at all. Bugged me. The other thing I did like though, the actors. I felt like the actors really carried this. I know that So-In-Guk, like this was one of his Mm -hmm. earlier 
ones, yeah. right? Yeah. And I really liked Unji Wan's acting. He was great. Because I'm so used to seeing him as like the cool guy. He's always just the cool guy. And this, he was very uncertain. Like he played his character so well. And I was not expecting that from him. Like we've all seen 17. <laughs> so I was just really proud of him. I really liked his appearance in it. And I would like to see more dramas from him. I know he's more of a variety show guy, but please get into dramas. You were perfect. So we need to talk about one more thing. JR and I stumbled upon a movie this year that we're going to have to do a single scoop of and we got to make Min watch it because Min will love it. (laughs) It's called Emergency 19 from 2002. And I first heard about this when I was doing research on Baby Vox and I'm like, huh, this sounds interesting. Let's see if I could find it. And just the more I read about it, it's like, this sounds so stupid. So then we got together and JR and I watched it and we were just dying. It just got funnier and funnier and funnier as it went on. So basically Emergency see act 19 the premise is that there are celebrities becoming politicians and the korean government sees that and they're like we refuse to have idols be politicians and presidents stuff like that so then they just try to arrest all the singers and so there's a lot of cameos from first gen idol groups such as click b shinhua kongta harasu baby vox oh mm-hmm. finkel Finkel's in there. Oh, Sai is in there and he gets arrested. But also Lee Juno from Sotejun Boys and Kim Taehyung from Sobang Cha are in there. Like they really got a wide spectrum of people. Oh, KYT is in there too. And it is just the most bizarre, stupid thing you'll ever watch. But it is hilarious. The two leading people are Kim Jong-un and Hong Kong Min. And those two together are hilarious duo. We have links to them because this is on YouTube. It's not subtitled, but you don't need it. You just watch the circumstances and you'll it's laugh. It's very obvious what's happening. <laughs> I think our favorite part, and I've watched this with a couple other people and they agree. The best part is the Xinhua oh, torture yeah, scene. Oh yeah, for sure. That is the funniest part. <laughs> Which we say torture, but everything is played for laughs in this movie. There is nothing serious. <laughs> Well, basically, they're tied up and they're supposed to be beaten. But it is very hilarious. Like, there's at one point where they just walk out of their restraints and then put themselves back in. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to have to do a deep dive on this. I would also like to do an annual thing with this. But please watch this. If you like any first-gen people, you will love mm-hmm. it. Unlike Reply 1997, this one was actually funny. Okay, it depends on your comedy style. I love it. She hates it. Take that with a grain of salt. <laughs> I know a lot of people like 1997, but I just felt like it definitely felt overhyped. Anyway, let's go on to something better. Let's talk about how our collections are doing. We've added some new pieces. We are very excited. Min, why don't you start us off? Yeah, so earlier this year, I believe, we posted pictures on Instagram about our K-pop collections. Mm -hmm. And mine was definitely the smallest one because I owned two albums, which are both bought used. That's okay. Yeah, so this year I searched around in the used markets and I came across a lady selling of her old albums for a pretty much nothing. So I was like, yeah, sure, I can take these off your hands. So I got four albums. In one package for basically nothing, and they're all very old. Some of them, I do see, have been thoroughly loved, because at least one of the album casings are kinda busted, and they have some wear damage, just because they old, but it looks like everything is there and the discs seem to be working completely fine, so it's all good. I got two four-minute albums, the Hit Your Heart, or Huh! <laughs> 
<laughs> one. Uh, but I don't exactly know which release it is. I'm pretty sure it's a Korean release, but it's not one that is on Spotify, hmm. which is annoying because I don't currently have my CD player here, so I can't listen to it because all of the other albums, I was like, okay, I got them. I'm gonna actually sit down and listen through all of the songs song by song just because it's hilarious. And I usually get albums more for like, oh, this was a weird time. <laughs> like with the two Block B albums, one of them that I own is just complete garbage. It's a terrible album. You should not listen to it, but I like having it because it's so hilarious having a genuinely good group who just released one piece of absolute garbage. <laughs> That's beside the point. Hit Your Heart, great. I also got the Japanese album Ready to Go, which I'd never heard before, which was very interesting, because I also am a heathen and don't really listen to the Japanese releases from artists unless it's a special... <laughs> special. It's very few K-pop artists where I'm like, ooh, the Japanese releases, gotta listen to them. So I like Japanese music. Well, it was good. Then I got... Super Junior's Mr. Simple, which is iconic, because it is, <laughs> especially that album packaging. And lastly, I got You Kisses Neverland, because Neverland is a very good song. The album itself, on listening to it, I was a bit confused, because the flow of the album is rather strange. They go from very upbeat to a lot of ballads. Just a lot of ballads. <laughs> And then suddenly an upbeat song, and then more ballads, which I didn't really expect, just because of what Neverland sounds like as a song. But then again, it's You Kiss, and I should have expected that there would be this amount of ballads. So that was my ride in the K-pop secondhand market. I will probably, maybe next year, try to get at least one actual new unopened K-pop album. <laughs> but I don't know, I like buying old stuff because i also thinking about maybe buying the CL album because it's actually easier for me to buy. I can get it from Denmark <laughs> instead of trying to get it from the US or Korea. We wish Min the best of luck in her endeavor. But also probably stalk around the secondhand markets quite a bit because it's fun. And some people sell albums for nothing, <laughs> especially old ones. It's like, I've seen albums go for what would be the equivalent of like $2 in USD, roughly Whoa. 2 to $3 for like a single album. And I'm like, oh, okay. That's awesome. So I have to stop myself to not just buy a lot of things because they're old. I have to be like, okay, wait, do I actually like this group? Do I actually care? Right, I have right. to try to restrain myself. Because I'm very good at being like, ooh, old. Let me take that. <laughs> so, JR, please take us away from this hot mess. <laughs> when I first got into K-pop, I bought way more albums than I should have because I was a child and very dumb. I like all the albums that I bought during that time, but I spent too much money on things that, anyway... So for the past few years, I have not bought many albums, but this year I ended up with five somehow. I don't know how that happened, but it did. The first one was a birthday gift. I have been trying to get all of Kim Sung-gyu's albums. For groups that I really like, or soloists, I like owning their entire discography, especially because I often like their entire discography. So Oldar got me one that I could not find for the life of me last year. Many thanks. I appreciate it greatly. But at the end of 2020, he released Inside Me. So my sister got that for my birthday. I was very happy about that. He has another like small EP that I haven't really been able to find. So that one will come eventually. To Korea you go. I know. Oh my goodness. For a $20 album, I'm gonna go take a thousand dollar trip. It'd be more than a thousand bucks for you. Yeah, probably, honestly. Because you're in Chicago. I'm on the West Coast. Yeah, it's just... 
And with COVID, there's, it's going to take a while for me to get that album. Let's just say that. As much as I adore and flying, I have not owned any of their albums until this year. And I found three of them at absolutely crazy prices, brand new. I think it came out to less than $10 an album at the end of it. This eBay Ooh. seller, they were like, yeah, I have these albums. I'm selling the pack of three. So I got Man on the Moon, Yahoo, and So Communication. And I was just ecstatic. It was great. And then like two weeks later, they put five albums for a crazy price, all signed, but there were like duplicates of what I had just bought. So I didn't go for it, unfortunately. If they had sold them separately, I might've gotten the other ones. And then finally, I found this great eBay shop called 610. Your purchase, it like counts towards the amount of albums your idol has sold. They sell things at good prices as is with like super cheap shipping. It does come from Korea, so it's a long time coming. But even then, I was supposed to get this next album on the 17th of December and it came in November which is crazy. So that's good. But they also do a handful of auctions weekly and they start these albums at 99 cents. So I was able to find Sam Kim's Sun and Moon on there. Sam Kim's Sun and Moon came out in 2018 and it has been sold out and I was able to win this auction. I had lost two others because I was trying to like get gifts for Christmas of things that like aren't sold readily in stores anymore. And I was like, if I lose this one, I'm just gonna cry. <laughs> but I ended up getting it. It is over on the counter, like 10 feet away from me. I was so happy. I'm so happy that I have it. But yeah, I ended up with some really great stuff this year and I'm very thankful for that. Anyway, Oldar, what did you get? Uh, I didn't get much compared to the previous well. year when I got 40-something <laughs> you albums. In, you're not in Korea <laughs> so anymore. Very tame. Can't just go to Aladdin and just clean out shelves. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> they did not have much of a first-gen section left after I went through it like three <laughs> or four times. So this year, I got the NCT 2020 Resonance albums. I got both of them. I was not very happy, though. Because the first one, which I personally think is, I like the pictures mm. of that one more. That one, and I talked to a friend of mine who's a netizen, and she said this, she had the same problem too. The first one is very badly made. As in, before I even went through like the pages, just opening the cover to go look, the glue that was binding the pages to the spine was apart. Like it wasn't together immediately. And then also some of the pages were mm -hmm. like starting to be loosely. So I was not very happy with that. But then the other one that I got was the quality I would expect from an sm album got both of them so i contributed to the million album selling number and i also got my second ever light stick i got a bangtan bomb which was exciting because i wanted one for a while i don't have a lot of bts merch just because they're just big like i really want the bts tier album but it's huge like i have no <laughs> way to store that right now i've got like a list of all these bts albums i really want and merch i really want but it's like i have to wait for a while until i can get proper storage for it because they're just so big like I learned my lesson after getting TVXQ's keep your head down album because that thing was massive it's like I'm not doing that again not until like I'm better equipped to deal with it but yeah, so I got my second ever light stick, which was exciting because I like light sticks of all the merch you can collect from an artist. I like light sticks the most because I feel like it encompasses the group or the artist the most. Just because, it's, especially when you have artists that have so many different albums, it's one simple thing that you can show that you're a fan. So that made me very happy. I have not used it because I'm not going to any concerts anytime soon, but <laughs> hey, it exists. 
And then the final thing that I got was actually the best thing that I got this year because I was not expecting this to be available. I saw a listing for Jaywon's second album from 2007. So I got that. I was very happy because Jaywon is my bias in HOT. So I finally have a physical piece of merch from my bias. And I was very happy because the first CD is the title track and then there's two B-sides. And then the second B-side is my actually my favorite B-side. That was track three. And then the other CD in there is audio from a live concert that he did with all of his previous songs like You Got Gun No Pain No Gain if you like J1 like it's got everything just hearing the crowd cheer for him it's like that's a rarity because even among H.O.T. fans there's not many people who choose him as their bias Mm -hmm. because he's the quiet member H.O.T. loves him he's H.O.T.'s favorite member but not everyone else's so getting that though was really exciting found a listing for that oh I also got the technically I have it because somebody purchased it for me she just has to ship it to me or I have to go pick it up in Korea so a friend of mine got the DVD from HOT's 2000 concert which is like a big deal she thought it was the book because HOT wrote an autobiography and she thought she got that because I've been hunting for that and it wasn't but that is still really cool I'm so excited to get it so whenever I get it I will talk more about what's in it because I have no idea I feel like we all were very reasonable with (laughs) our hauls nobody went over 10 albums (laughs) Oh, sorry. I got sidetracked and looked at used albums and I just found the Super Junior M breakdown. Second album for the big, big price of $3 for you. It's used (gasps) though, but uh, I don't care. That's so, cool. And also found the three first Beast uh, mini albums for around five dollars a pop. But again, used. <laughs> I would like to retract my statement. <laughs> and <laughs> going off of that, let's go talk about some predictions that we had last year that either came true or did not at all. And also what we hope for this upcoming year or predict for this upcoming year. So JR, why don't you go first? Okay, so last year, I said I wanted a 2 p.m. comeback, and I wanted to see Junho in another drama, and as we all know, Chansung and Junho both got discharged, so we did get a 2 p.m. comeback, and while I didn't love the song, I was just so happy to see all the members together, and they promoted, and they went on Knowing Brother, or Man on Mission, as Netflix calls it, so I was very content with all of that. Then, as far as Junho's drama, it literally just started like a month ago I think but I've kind of fallen off the k-drama wagon I haven't really been watching too many new ones so I have not started it yet but I'm a really big fan of the female co-star Lee Se-young so that's even more reason for me to watch it I will get to it eventually but I have not yet so it came true I was really happy about it so last year I talked a lot about trout girl groups I haven't been following new releases as closely this year as I did last year, but uh, I have not come across more Trout Girl groups, and sadly, the two groups that I talked about last year, Bilsi and OK Girl Group, both have just vanished off the face of the earth and has not released anything since. Not very surprising, but disappointing. I hope they're all okay, and I hope they're all still doing music, but I have no idea where they are, what they're doing, but they have not released anything since their debut singles. Very sad. (laughs) Oldar, what about you? 
So I was a fool in many ways, many ways. This year has been just foolish for me. First off, I was pretending that there was going to be a new NCT unit announced this year because they debuted Shotaro and Sungchan, but they hadn't put them in a unit, except for obviously NCTU for obvious reasons. But I was expecting, okay, NCT does promote in Japan, but I was kind of expecting them to more utilize the Japanese members, but that did not happen. <laughs> I was expecting like the new unit would be pulling Yuta and possibly Jungwoo into them because i feel like there's not there's only like certain members who are constantly like in a group and i was kind of hoping those two would be in more especially because like i knew super m was gonna have a comeback but that some of the members were gonna go in the military this year and then i thought oh well then that would leave you know some members without 127 and wavy so ha that's the perfect time to introduce a new unit that did not happen i feel like shotaro and sungchan are kind of just like in the lobby <laughs> waiting all right, my next one was that I wanted both Seunghyub and Jaehyun from And Flying to be in dramas. And again, I got both. But Seunghyub's drama, oh, it was so bad. And when I say he showed up for three minutes of the show, honestly, it could have been less than three minutes. He was that much of a side character. And I was just waiting for his character to kind of like pick up speed a little bit, but they never did it. So this drama was called Nevertheless. It was based off of a webtoon and it was one of the worst dramas of the year. Not the worst worst. I talked about that in my single scoop, if you want to hear what my actual worst was. But I didn't even mention this one because it was so bad but yeah he was definitely not in the show enough for me to finish the k-drama but it was only 10 episodes so i finished it because of that but i kind of wish i didn't because i don't know if he was even in the show for the last couple episodes it was bomb i did not enjoy it there were some good actors i will give it that but besides that terrible show do not recommend so Jaehyun was also in a drama, but it was a Japanese one about zombies and it was called Love You Till the End of the World. And I've said this so many times now, but I moved this summer and that got in the way of me watching it. <laughs> so I only have a few episodes yet and he will most likely die because he is a side character. But as far as I know, his Japanese sounded pretty good and Flying has promoted quite a bit in Japan. So that's not too shocking to me, but I think he is a really great actor and I hope he does more. So basically from here on out, all of my predictions from last year got kind of crass, I'd say. Or not very positive, at least. And most of them turned out to be right, which is very rare for me because I'm usually always wrong. <laughs> but one that I mentioned last year was Blackpink's little sister group, whose pre-debut name is currently Baby Monsters, would not debut. Turned out, they did not debut. They still have two members that are in the pre-debut group. They haven't announced anyone else. Their comeback got pushed back from early 2021, and then it was like, no, oh, we're gonna do it second or third quarter of 2021, then it got moved to the fourth quarter of 2021, and now it's moved to possible 2022 <laughs> so it's just sad for the two girls that have been announced so far that their debut just keeps getting postponed and i have a feeling that these girls might not stay with yg for a lot longer and there have probably been more girls that have been suggested for this group that just was never made public because i think yg has figured out that especially for girl groups announcing or showing faces of their pre-debut trainees isn't a 
good idea because it will give people hope that they might actually debut and then they never appear again. I hope for their sake that they get a chance and that they do debut, but it would not surprise me if their debut got pushed back or just thrown out completely at this point. How old are they? Let's see. Wiki was born in 2000, so she's 21. And Jane was born in 1999, so she's 22. So I don't have high hopes for their YG debut, but I do hope that they get to debut at some point, be it with YG or not. <laughs> so another one of my predictions that was very foolish was I assumed that Weehook's light stick was going to come out this year since he teased it in 2020. That was wrong. Very wrong. Ah, yeah, I remember you saying that. The thing that was wrong about it was that it does exist. It's been put in production. The only problem is, to my knowledge, there's only one copy that exists that has been publicly seen, and that was seen during Weehook's pop-up store a couple months ago. But while that was there, it was only for display, and he picked it up at one point and he broke it. So I don't think we're going to get one anytime soon. Because <laughs> he he's just been goofing with his merchandise. <laughs> I don't know what he's doing. He's usually like, of all the members, when he says he's going to release a product, he does it. There were some things that he's been teasing for like the last year, certain products, where he actually released them this year. But the light stick, which is the one I'm looking forward to the most, because that would be the first member of HOT to have one, he didn't. Like, well, yuck, you were usually so on the ball. What happened this <laughs> year? Besides the lawsuit, which you won. I think he went for too many things at once. He had a lot of stuff for sale. Like, he designed pajamas. He did, there's like some air purifier thing he made. There were license plate holders. His, obviously, his new mini album, and that has all these different formats. I think he also made skateboards. I think you could buy the skateboards he made because they were all customized. There's just a bunch of stuff that he did, but I think he stretched himself too thin with the products that he just goofed. Hopefully, we gets his act together next year. This is very <laughs> much unlike him. Oh, he also contacted Michael J. Fox to go to his pop up store, which is still one of the wildest I things he's ever done. He's such a fanboy. So my final one was not a prediction because they had actually announced it. Pentagon's Yanan was in a Chinese remake of a Korean show. The original was called Clean With Passion For Now and the remake was called Use For My Talent. And overall, I'm not a big fan of Chinese dramas. They're not my favorite for a whole plethora of reasons, but I will watch them occasionally and I have seen some good ones. But this remake was fine. They added a lot of extra episodes. The original is obviously like a 16 episode show but this had maybe almost 30 it had 20 something for sure and I didn't find the additions to be super interesting so I probably watched about half of the show and I gave up Yanan's part was not big enough for me to continue watching it and that's disappointing but I'm also like well I don't want to waste my time <laughs> so I gave up but for what <laughs> it was it was good one of the more obvious predictions I made last year was big hits will continue to expand Big Hit continued to expand. I did not foresee that they would change their name to Hybe. <laughs> yeah. that That's the one that threw me off. I, it's probably a good reason. Somebody probably has very intellectual reasonings for why this happened. I did not see it coming. And I'm still confused. But you know what? They're gonna try to become the Disney of K-pop, so let them do. <laughs> That's a terrifying comparison. I was going to say that that's more like SM, but you're right. Hybe is kind of more going for the divide and conquer. Yeah. Kind of worried they'll become a monopoly. Ugh. 
Only time will tell, <laughs> but the signs are here. They are. You're correct. <laughs> yeah. I don't have any more to add to this except, hey. Hey, hey, Another prediction that I had was that there was going to be an important departure from SM this year. And I kept saying that because it felt overdue. And I was personally hoping for Kankta because I want him to leave. <laughs> Anyway, but the actual departure, like as in like full-on left the company, not as in went on hiatus, was Sunday. I didn't know that she was still in SM. Oh, wow. Sunday was from The Grace, which was a second-gen girl group at SM. It was made up of four members, only one of which now is still in SM. I was very surprised. So goodbye, Sunday. Continuing with the YG predictions, the last one I made about YG last year was that YG would put minimum effort into Blackpink and the fans would absolutely eat it up. And this year we did see Blackpink solo releases from Rosé and Lisa. Both of them fit their personalities and you could see that Rosé's got less budget because YG thinks that she only needs less budget for her releases and Lisa got hella budget because she's Lisa. Like, a part of me was expecting that they were gonna get their solos and then YG was gonna do repackages with where you could get all the solo songs in one and of course that's not happening. They're gonna release each one separately. Maybe in the future we'll get an album Maybe their second album, if Blackpink ever gets a second album, will feature all of the old songs plus a singular new one. I don't know. YG is just disappointing. Both of the like three songs that were released were completely fine. Rose's one is just not my vibe, but it's a good song nonetheless. Lisa's were okay. I'm hoping she will get a better stage remix of the songs. Like, Money especially gave me the same kind of vibes as CL's Baddest Female, which I absolutely hated when it came out because it sounded kind of tacky. <laughs> but then she eventually got a stage remix of the song with a physical band and it suddenly sounded the way it was supposed to sound and I started liking the song and I'm hoping Lisa's Money will get that same thing with a more impactful stage mix than what is released on CD. It didn't hit as hard as the music video would make it seem to me. <laughs> I don't know, it's just kinda disappointing for a girl group who is supposedly one of the biggest K-pop girl groups right now. I think the most disappointing part is that the girls themselves have been vocal about how they want more music. They had, how long did they spend training? And we know that being a trainee of YG is not easy. And instead that they are more seen as like models or like social media people. I feel like I hear more about them going to events than I hear about their discography. I get that it's like a whole money thing, but long term though, for people who will be going through their discography, they're going to be a lot harsher on Blackpink in the future. Yeah... It's kind of sad because I remember there is this one website that compiles all of the announcements for Blackpink. And I remember seeing one that I'm pretty sure Rosé's song was completed last year and was almost ready to go, basically, and that it got postponed for a while. But I do believe that Lisa's song was made during the pandemic. She had songs that were completed before and that they were like, mm, no. And then they just made these during lockdown and it was kind of rushed in a way or something. It's just YG has a lot of content in their bank of music content that just never sees 
release the light of day and probably never will. I'm not saying to just release absolutely everything because there's a lot of ideas that are absolute trash that should be left in the shadows, but we didn't see a single Blackpink as a full group this mm-hmm. year. I also might be wrong on this, but I don't think they have done a live stage, all four of them together this year. They've only done solo promotions this year, and that's two of the members. Jenny didn't get a new song. Jisoo doesn't exist for YG. She is the Menzie of Blackpink. She's gonna be in a K-drama this month. But there still are a lot of people who are boycotting it. Especially a lot of Korean people I know, they're like, absolutely not. They're like, just because of the premise of it. When it's released, it might look different, but just for right now, it looks tacky to a lot of people. Not tacky is the nice, polite word to say it, but it looks like they're just trying to take a very tragic and awful event that was a very landmark event in Korean history and try to dress Mm -hmm. it up. That's the main problem. The people are having no fit from what I understand. Hopefully it does not get officially pulled or bombed. I doubt <laughs> it. Because I feel like Jisoo, like, that's like her big activity yeah. of her actually doing something. She's got a great voice. Why don't we get more from her? Anyway. Before we end the saga of YG milking Blackpink for money, I just checked what they're doing this year and Blackpink released a Japanese version of the album on August 3rd, 2021. The release included Japanese versions for the four out of the eight tracks, How You Like That, Pretty Savage, Loves Girls and You Never Know, and it came in 12 different physical editions. Oh my god. Why? Imagine being a completionist who like wants to get every single one, collect every single one of the Blackpinks, and you get that thrown at you. Oh, I would sue. Yeah, they also they did have a show this year with YouTube, the show that was supposed to happen in 2020 but got postponed to 2021 due to COVID, and that's about it that they've done as a group this year. (laughs) Japanese release and the show. The album edition comes in on A version, B version, C version, special edition with CD to Blu-ray, special edition DVD, special edition CD, another special edition which is a CD plus Blu-ray, another special edition that's CD and DVD, and then the Jenny version, Lisa version, Jiso version, and Rosé version. Ridiculous. Why? Ridiculous. Why do you need 12 versions of this very mediocre album? Oh my god. I was just thinking that reminded me of Super Junior. They don't do this for all their albums, but sometimes like their second album, Don Don, they had like a different cover for every member. So like the one I had was Hangung. And it's like, I could see you might want to collect like your bias. Because I did not know when it was ordered who I would get and I didn't really care. I was just like, ooh, second album, I like this. And they did it for one other album, I think. One or two other albums. But that is also, at the time, worth 13 <laughs> members. These are four. <laughs> That's where the weirdness comes in. They do that with twice. Can you imagine? I'm pretty sure, too. That's what each, each twice member gets their own edition oh of their gosh. albums, I think. That's still a lot of members, but for yeah. four? Having three times the amount? Can you imagine if, like, SM, at one point, did that NCT? There's 23 members total. Just, like, a different version per member when, like, they're doing, like, all their activities all together? Absurd. Just absurd. It's time to stop. Stop it. Get some help. And that also then feeds into that stupid bulk buying issue, too. Because they'll want their face, you know, rank high, so they're gonna go buy a bunch of the stuff. One day, we shall do an episode about the intrigue of K-pop collection, mm-hmm. like, K-pop collecting albums and photocards. 
I don't understand the photo card thing. We gotta do an episode on it. It's not like Pokemon cards where they at least have some kind of value. Well, I've seen people try to have sell photo cards for a lot of money, and I'm like, it's not worth it. I mean, as in like you can't do anything with them. At least Pokemon has like there's like a mm-hmm. game you can do with it. That's what I mean. Yeah, doesn't stop people. So my last prediction that went off the rails was I was expecting more online content, not just because of the pandemic, but also because now that there's sort of systems to be developing it, I thought that it would be more widespread because like you don't have to drive the artist to the venue. You could literally just set up shop anywhere and just go. But that was not very common. Like they did have the SM concert on New Year's, which was interesting. They're doing it again, apparently. But I saw there was like one other two concerts that were online, but I didn't see any others. So I'm really hoping that that will still be, I know a lot of people want to do the offline concerts because like, oh, the experience, but it's just easier. I feel like to do the online ones. So hopefully we will see them. So this prediction was more yes and no. Because at the time when we recorded last year, I did not know about the SM concert. Let alone was expecting to watch it (laughs) and be disappointed. Okay, so let's talk about our predictions for 2022. I don't really have many predictions. <laughs> I don't know how much I've talked about her before, but Jang Nara, we've talked about her because she was a K-pop idol once upon a time and she stopped being a singer and she is an actress now and she has made a name for herself. Everybody loves her. I love her included. And I just want her to be in more K-dramas. She does about one a year at least. I don't think she's stopping anytime soon, but I'm just excited for whatever she picks next but she's on a great streak of shows she picks winners she's very good at that also kim min jay he is probably top three actors at this point and he had a show this year it was adequate but i want another really great one do you like brahms one of my all-time favorite k-dramas from last year it was released last year at least but i just really loved it the one that came out this year was okay Overall, not my favorite. Doesn't even like place in a list for me. It was adequate, as I said. I don't want to say mediocre because that sounds mean, but it was adequate. My hope and dream for next year, which I feel is my hope and dream <laughs> for every year, is that Brown Eyed Girls, either as solos or as a full group, will release music and every year <laughs> I get sad. But that is also always the dream. I would be happy if they did another recreations album, like their last release was, or if they actually had their own album come out. That would be great. But they're all doing other things. Do I know what those things are? No. But they're still all doing other things. And I get it. But I do wish, and I do hope, for a new comeback. <laughs> are they coming up on an anniversary anytime soon? Well, also, one of the members left Mystic Story. Yeah, 2021 would have been their 15 yeah, 15. They didn't do anything. Because they debuted in 06. That was their debut, so. No. But alas, I can still dream. Even if it's unlikely, I will still dream. <laughs> Maybe that shall be my goal for next year. Try to find some physical copies of their albums, because I own nothing by them. Older, do you have any predictions that are hopefully more likely to come true? <laughs> I think so. So my first prediction is that director Kim's appeal is going to be denied. So he sued Uhyuk from HRT and said, I own the rights to your logo and your name. I own it. You want to use it. You have to pay me. I'm also going to try to get in the way of you because he's been doing it since 1998. But then every single court he's gone to has said, no, you're wrong. You shouldn't have had the trademark in the first place. And it's gone all the way up to the Simpering Court where it was officially ruled that Uhyuk 
was in the right. HOT were in the right. It was their property, not his. He should not have had it in the first place. But then he filed an appeal. So I'm hoping that should this case be seen next year, that it will be denied again and it will be the final thing to where he can't keep going after them. I really hope that it's dismissed with prejudice. I don't want him to come back again. This is stupid. They've been around for 25 years and still they're being dogged by SM. This is stupid. So I'm really hoping this appeal gets denied. That is my prediction that if the court date is next year, it will be. There's no reason at this point. So, JR, go for it. In general, I really love it when actors sing OSTs for their K-dramas. So I want to see more of that. Particularly in actors that are not singers. Because if you have an idol in a K-drama, you are almost guaranteed to have an OST from them. But I want an actor, an actress, to take up the reins and sing for their shows. If they do well. Usually OSTs are not like that big of a deal that it's like, well, you shouldn't be putting actors in. You know, I'm not one to be like that. I don't care about that stuff. I just think it's fun when they participate in things outside of just the acting in the shows. Got any other hopes, Min? We've seen a lot of new girl groups come out this year, so my prediction for next year is that we will have a big shift in girl group concepts because the girl crush concept has started to fade out into like a bit more weird places because girl crush initially was very like oh we're badass it's a lot of black very edgy and it has kind of evolved into this more futuristic thing now but i have a feeling that since we've seen a lot more cute concepts actually making it this year with asap for instance and after school was also relatively cute like still not cute in a childish way but cute in a mature way it's not the typical girl crush but still not being like childish so i have a feeling that maybe next year maybe later we're gonna get like a new big trend in girl groups vibes that are gonna be completely different from both girl crush and the weird hybrid girl crush cute that we have now i think we're gonna get something new that'd be exciting so my next prediction, this is very bold, but I think I'm right. We're going to hear <laughs> nothing from HOT next year. As in, unless the Conkta's December release gets pushed over to January, which is very possible, I think that that will then be the end. We won't hear any more releases from Conkta. We're definitely not getting anything from Heejun, Tony. Tony's going to be on variety shows, but that's all he's going to do. And we're never in a million years are going to get anything from Jaywon. And I highly doubt that we're going to get much from Wuhyuk. If we do, we're only going to do his annual one year thing, but I think he's going to abandon that next year because things went Mm -hmm. so south for them this year. I'm going to be surprised if they do anything. I think they're going to give up. I'm hoping for more idol bands. I know JYP just dropped another band, but I want to see some variation in the genres and stuff like that. And also a girl band would be really cool. And Flying and like Day6 have done really well over the past few years. Did take some time for them to kind of catch their footing and move forward, but I feel like Day6 probably will disband sooner or later. So we're going to need to fill some holes in the market and hopefully that'll be coming soon. That is my final hope slash prediction of this episode. I don't have any more predictions except that Hybe Entertainment will just continue. <laughs> they will continue to be. They will become one. They will exist. They will grow. They will conquer. I'm hoping they will not buy P Nation because I want to see where P Nation goes. But other than that, I think they will just consume. 
So my final prediction of the prediction section is one that's very controversial. There were a lot of things that happened this year with people who have been around since first gen. A lot of it was very much underreported by a lot of foreign news, which in some cases was a good thing and it saved certain people's careers that the general fandoms didn't know about it. But other ways it was bad. So that was one of the big lessons I learned this year. But because of those circumstances, I am very concerned about what's going to happen next year to certain members and groups specifically energy Zetskis, and xinhua those are the three i have mm. a lot of concerns for energy there's a big push and pull going on between the remaining three members part of it is that there are people who are jumping into it who should not be jumping into the group's business and that's causing a lot of problems and there might be yet another split because of it Zetskis, a certain member did something he should not have he did something very stupid this year which is why he disappeared from the world so i'm very concerned that he is going to depart from the group if that should come to it i don't think it will though because it went so under the radar but if he does and stuff gets out i wouldn't be surprised at this point i'll be sad but i won't be surprised because this member also deleted a lot of his social media like he's just gone we know how his dogs are doing though (laughs) (laughs) because the stylist for the dog said that how did the stylist word it she went uncle and papa came in with their dogs they have dog stylists yes those are big in korea yeah so the dogs have stylists and there were a lot of hilarious photo shoots that were being done with the dogs this year (laughs) hilarious but i'm just kind of concerned about the group we do know that unjiwon is having a solo comeback next year because he's been working on a new album i think so at least unjiwon's okay (laughs) in theory and then the final group, Xinhua, I'm concerned about because of this argument this year. They've never been so public about a fight like that when it's happening. That was shocking in itself. But then they really went out of their way to like say, oh, no, we're made up. Like just like all of the press and they did like these shows. It felt like a press junket, mm-hmm. like, you know, like going on Oprah to tell, oh, no, we're fine kind of thing. That's what it felt like. But I'm very concerned about them. So if I hear something, either a split or a full-on disbandment from Energy, Xinhua, or Zetskis, I would not be surprised. The way things happened this year, I'll be sad, but I won't be surprised. So that's my prediction, is that first gen is going to have a bad year next year. Alrighty, New Year's resolutions. And this, of course, is K-pop related, not diets, exercise, (laughs) (laughs) self-help. Anyway, so... I didn't do any of my resolutions as resolutions tend to be. I said this 20 times. I moved. That is my excuse. I didn't do anything. The first half of the year, I did not move, but I was packing to move and then I moved. Anyway, so I'm going to carry over 2021's resolutions into 2022. I want to get into Buzz, Nell, and more girl groups. I also want to get more consistent at looking at groups outside of my bubble. I tend to be pretty stagnant in that sense. I don't like moving out of what I listen to unless it hits me like a brick, like weeklies after school. I like a more organic, even though I don't know if you can call watching reels organic growth. (laughs) But yeah. I kind of want to work on that stuff. That's all I really have to say. So, last year, didn't know what my year is going to be. No clue what next year is going to be. My life is a unknowable mess. But I think that I always kind of try to do is dancing, because I enjoy dancing, but I also quit. Like, I've been dancing on and off for at least 10 years now. I do not have 10 years of dancing experience, because I've never taken a dance class in my life. And I would probably be a lot better had I not quit like 500 times during these last 10 years. (laughs) 
So even during this year, if you see my Instagram, you can definitely see like, oh, I had three months where I did like four covers. And then I had like six months where I did nothing. <laughs> I've slowly started doing it again, so I'm hoping. I join K-pop dance competitions, because then I get a deadline, <laughs> and that usually helps. And also have a bit better time now. And also having a functioning computer does help quite a bit. But that is at least my resolution for next year. Don't quit dancing for <laughs> like half a year. <laughs> Like I did this year. Uh, let's see how that goes. <laughs> so last year I had the resolution to follow a debut group. And I, at this late hour, I'm following Ivu. I just like their debut song. I like the styling. So I think they're very interesting. So I'm going to try to follow them. They're the first group in a long time where I see their debut mm. song. And I'm like, I want to know more. Some groups that I got to know that were overdue. The ones that were listed, no. I did, however, get into Viction. I listened to their stuff. But the big groups that I caught up on were Babyvox, Seven, Duckies, IU. Anyone we did, apparently. <laughs> Which makes sense. We listened to their discographies. <laughs> Those were big ones. Those are big names. But I didn't know like the background of them. So I got into all them. The other thing I wanted to do was make more content from... Oh, I added in from writing <laughs> to videos. Ha 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 ha. I said last year that I'd recently finished a lot of research, so I'm ready to apply that. Ha 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 ha. Yeah, that was foolish. Uh, I definitely did a lot of writing this year. I think I told Min and Jared that if I told it up every single thing that I did this year, mm -hmm. I had enough to like write a book, like a novel. Like that was how many pages I wrote this year. I also, the thing that most got me off the rails of producing stuff was that stupid HOT book. I don't know any other K-pop group who's done this. Wrote an autobiography about themselves back in 1999 and somebody uploaded it and I found it and then I typed out the Hangul and then I translated it and learned a lot from that but that was 268 pages this book is missing pages too the one that's uploaded so that was a lot of work mm -hmm. that took me like two or three months and I really strained my eyes because when you have a scan, especially if you don't save it as a TIFF, there's only so much you can zoom in before stuff gets blurry. So that was awful. I also did research like the financial crisis. Oh, there was a lot of SM research this year. I found out so much about Hyunjin Young and Yoo Young Jin. I am more of a fan of Yoo Young Jin than before. And I'm highly offended that he is not promoting in music. He's just a producer nowadays. In my opinion, he should be getting his own talk show to where he just gives us frequent updates. Like I want more from him. If Hyunjin Young can have a social media presence so can he so my resolutions for 2022 i have four main ones the first one is that i want to spend more time listening to music because believe it or not i didn't get to do that a lot this year a lot of this year was i'll get a couple listens of songs but then i have to go do something else so i did not get to enjoy music i more had to hear more about music than actually listen to it so definitely i want to enjoy music more next year another thing is that i want to get more albums from first gen and and also more light sticks from first gen. Like I want Zetskis, Dalga HOTs, but I would also wouldn't mind Suju or Wavies. Third thing, I would like to watch Mama or some other live show with friends because I don't watch live shows. I don't care for that. Apparently the SM is having an online mm -hmm. concert. It was just announced this morning. So yeah, that'd be maybe fun. we'll watch that together and count how long Kankta's on stage. He waves and then off he goes. Like that's probably how it's going to be. I'm going to go ahead and predict that he's going to get the shortest amount of screen time. Just roll him across the stage with like a <laughs> on a skateboard. <laughs> Sit him down, push him across and that's it. Also, my resolution is to finish the HOT project, assuming that something terrible doesn't happen, like I get another 200-page book. <laughs> I'm so tired of learning about them. So tired of it. 
That's been my whole year is that stupid book. The last thing is that I want to have like a watch party for Emergency Act 19 on July 19th That'd of be every fun. year because that's the release date of the movie. Even though a lot of English sources say it's like the 12th or like the 16th, the Korean sources say the 19th. So I'm going to go with the Korean sources. So I hope to have that be like an event that other people just look forward to. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. let's go watch that terrible movie. This was a good year for content, and we can't wait to see what music we'll find next year, what other media will come out. And obviously, we don't only do this podcast for the numbers, but we have more than doubled our downloads from the first season to this year's second season. And I want you to just keep in mind that the first season was over the course of more than a year. I think it was a year and three or four months. And this past season was just six months. So that is just an incredible amount of growth. And we're super thankful for all who have stuck with us, who interact with our content, and it's just been really cool to see that happen over this second season. Now, let's move on to the song of the day. Today, December 19th in 2012, Kim Sung-kyo of the group Infinite released his first EP called Another Me with the single 60 Seconds. As you may or may not know, I'm not a fan of ballads. But this song did not make me want to throw my headphones at a wall, so it's a good thing. It starts off slow, and then it gets a bit more upbeat, but it's still not pop. It's more Mm -hmm. pop rock, but still a ballad. It's really good. He's a lovely singer. You should definitely listen to it. And I was trying very hard to not find a ballad song, but all songs released in December is ballads. So, you got a good song. He has a lot of influence from Nell which is part of the reason why I want to get into Nell. And Nell is a rock group, so that makes sense. And he's also like, I think he won Best Rock Single of the Year in 2015 or 2016, I believe. So he definitely has a lot of rock influence in his music. What about trivia? So last week, I also did the trivia question. I think JR is the only person that has not done a trivia question because he did some in season one too. Very strange. (laughs) Feels wrong. Anyway, last episode I asked what nationality was a solo singer who debuted this year that was not from Asia, but still debuted as a K-pop idol. Uh, both of you landed on Brazil for your final answer. And you were both right. Wow. Yes. So, the singer that debuted this year was not the first Brazilian K-pop singer. Supposedly, the first Brazilian K-pop singer is Leah from Black Swan, who is half Japanese and half Brazilian. Whenever Dr. Music says that he is promoting the first something, I immediately <laughs> don't trust it. So, if she truly is the first, I don't know, but she is definitely marketed as the first one. But the lady, the solo singer, who had her K-pop debut this year was... Francine. She is a Brazilian singer under Universal Music and she made her Korean solo debut on October 27th, 2021. The single Fading Like a Moon. As far as I've understood, she is born in Brazil and is fully Brazilian, I believe. She has been making music in Brazil since about 2016, but I think she started out doing OSTs for Brazilian dramas, which is very fun. She went to South Korea earlier this year and started to train under LL Entertainment and made her Korean debut. Good for her. Hopefully it works out. Yeah. It's not often you see very white passing people in K-pop, except that one Russian girl was in a group. Who is part Asian, I believe. Yes. A lot of Russia is in Asia. Yeah. Yes. Russia too big. Russia too complex. (laughs) 
Correct. Fun. Interesting. And we'll see. Will she be a person who only released one song? Will she randomly become the new Chad Future? <laughs> who will know? We don't. It will be interesting to see. And also big props to her because I'm pretty sure the entire song is in like fully in Korean, which is very impressive. Mm. I don't know if she has studied Korean before going to Korea. I don't know her, but still impressive. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, then please make sure to rate, subscribe, follow, and tell your friends about us. If you want to interact with us or just see more of our content, then you can follow us on Twitter at KpopSumbays or on our other social media platforms, which will be in the description. Also in the description will be multiple playlists, a Christmas playlist that Min has lovingly curated, and our songs of the year. So each of us are going to have a playlist full of songs that we really like this year. Don't forget, we are going on hiatus. More information about that will come on our Twitter and probably also Instagram. But Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and we hope you have a very happy new year. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. Annyeong.